0: Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. Every Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. This is not, and it's not going to become, a make-or-break year for Mike Sullivan. I can say that with immense confidence. That doesn't mean it won't be a pivotal one. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kowatchewicz of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or baseball, I've got two other teams in town that I happen to cover. Steelers and Pirates. And you can find Daily Shots on both of those. Same place you found this. Sullivan's got a lot piling up on his plate. In fact, if you're a regular listener, you'll notice that there's almost always some sort of Sullivan sidelight to every subject I bring up. Funny how that works, huh? Eric Carlson's here. Where are you going to put him? Who are you going to put him with? Power play. Who's going to be on it? Who's going to be off it? Bring in Thomas Tatar or not? Well, depends on how Sullivan wants to structure his bottom six. Was it... More worthwhile adding all these defensive guys, or did you want to really add more offense to balance things out five-on-five, five? penalty killing? Everything, everything, everything ends up on one man's plate. And on one hand, I can comfortably say that's awesome. Because Sullivan has, even his most ardent critics would agree, the personality to be able to handle any personality, once you've coached a team that's got Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Chris Latang, and other big, big names along the way, you're not going to be floored by any newcomer. So if you picture, for example, a player of Carlson's magnitude going to some I don't know, first year, second year NHL coach somewhere in some other city. He would walk into that building 10, 20, 100 times bigger than his coach. He would be larger than life to this coach. With Sullivan, you're not going to have that issue. For Sullivan, Carlson's going to get all the proper respect – but he's also going to be just one of four guys he's got who fall into this category. And if Sullivan can feel comfortable freaking out on Gino from time to time, and he's done that, he's not going to have any issue telling Carlson what the Penguins' expectations are of him systematically, schematically, performance-wise, off-the-ice-wise, and a lot of that other intangible stuff. But, but, now, on the other hand, the part that isn't so awesome is that Sullivan legitimately has to do some different things. When I say it's a pivotal year for him, I'm referring to that terminology, pivotal, in its most literal sense, meaning it's a pivoting point. It's a part of his career where he needs to do some things. To change the trajectory. Because regardless of everything that went into missing the playoffs this past season, they missed the playoffs. And regardless of everything that's occurred since this streak of not winning a playoff game began five years ago, they haven't won a playoff game in five years. And no one with a sane mind could look at this roster, particularly the top of it, and say, man, that's just not a playoff team, or that's not a team that could ever win a playoff round against somebody, or couldn't have pulled off a Game 7 upset, or couldn't have held on to a 3-1 series lead, regardless of all the goaltenders collapsing around them. A lot of eyes, maybe most eyes, Will be on Sullivan once this camp starts in mid September. Once you see the first alignments, whether it's five on five, power play, PK, whatever you have. How about the goaltending? Sullivan's put himself in the line of fire, even at that position, because everyone, including Sully himself, have acknowledged that the head coach's support for this talk about pivotal player is the reason he's still here, the reason that Jari signed the five-year contract. So if Jari doesn't keep himself in the type of shape that's necessary to maintain his injury, do you think that more people will point to Jari or to the strength and conditioning staff or to the athletic trainers? No, you are going to point to the head coach. No one's going to blame Kyle Dubas. And I'm not so sure they should. Dubas knew he had a head coach here who carried a lot of weight with management, meaning Fenway Sports Group. He gets a lot of love from those guys. Dubas knew that. He also knew that Sullivan's won two more cups than he has. He's going to listen to the guy. He's going to take the recommendation of the existing head coach When it comes to something as important as who your goaltender is going to be for the next half decade. And that goes double when it's crunch time. Because if you'll recall, Dubas came here not long before Jari could have just walked through free agency. And the Penguins would have been looking through a whole pile of Magnus Helberg to try to get help. Sully, 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 Sully. You can make a whole checklist of things that are important to this coming season and they're all going to be connected even if it's just peripherally to Sullivan and he's going to have to rise up. He's going to have to be better than he's been over the past five years. Anybody who's a a longtime listener or reader of mine knows how I feel about Sullivan both the person and the coach. I think the world of him. I think He might be the best coach I've ever been around in any sport, but he's got another level to his game, and he's got to hit it when we come back, J1Q. Today's J1Q comes from here, and it's in reference to the opening To yesterday's show in which I referred to Ricard Raquel as being Ron Hextall's only great trade acquisition. Here it says, shouldn't Jeff Carter be on your list as well? When you look back, he was absolutely fine until, of course, he got the two-year 3.125 million AAV extension at age 37. And you know what, here, I'm not going to argue with you. At the time, I called it a great trade. At the time that Carter was given the extension, and boy, do I mean given, I called it a great trade because I was isolating the term trade from everything else that would follow. And that's probably the fairest way to assess that. But, man, I'm sorry. The extension is so dumb. There are things called sign and trades in hockey that will occur. It's usually you have a chance to talk to another team's player while they're still technically that team's property and arrange an extension so that that player will lift some kind of no trade clause or something. Well, I'm looking at this as more of a sign and trade or a trade and sign. And I know that's not fair. The initial trade in which Carter was acquired from the Kings for a second rounder and Carter came here and was nothing less than the Penguins best forward for the remainder of the regular season and then into the playoffs against the Islanders scored some massive goals in that series was a man among boys on most of those shifts. Easy to forget now, but still real. And then Carter continued to be a good player. The following season, and then he signed the contract, and I, I don't know if that was where he checked out. I don't know if that might just be a subliminal thing for him, where he wanted to keep going and keep playing hard and everything else, but just couldn't because he had told himself, that's it, that's my last contract, I did it, I made it. I don't know. I don't know. He's not exactly chatty with reporters, you might have heard. But damn it, I'm telling you, I feel like there's, there's some leeway that I should get in grading that acquisition, considering how badly Hextall bungled it from there. It's not just the money or the term. A complete no-movement clause? Why protecting him in the expansion draft instead of Jared bleeping McCann? Why? Why did that happen? And how can I not use those as strikes against Hexall? Look, I'm going to, I'm going to stick with my Raquel choice here and I'm going to do it stubbornly. I'll admit, but remember that. Carter was acquired for a second round pick raquel was acquired for a second round pick at seven years younger with a lot of good hockey in front of him and then from there Hextall did well I felt to sign raquel to the five-year extension that raquel ended up getting keeping him here at a time when you're probably gonna see Sid and Gino and a couple others fade off that's that's good stuff he did everything hextall did right as it related to raquel so yeah no (laughs) i'm not changing my mind on it i appreciate the attempt i appreciate the question i appreciate everybody listening to daily shot of penguins we're going to do another one of these on monday by which time who knows thomas tatar might be headed to pittsburgh